Where the black fly bites and the green grass grows That's where I learn most of what I know Cause you don't learn much when you start to get old I moved on at a tender young age Mom and daddy never seemed to stay In any one place for a very long We just kept moving, moving on You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned for the Canada Day edition of The Jazz Show coming up right now with Gavin Walker.
Well, first of all, I would like to wish each and every one of you out there a very happy Canada Day. And I uh, certainly hope you're, you have enjoyed the holiday and all the festivities. And, of course, those of you that uh, experienced the jazz festival, of course, it's still going on on uh, Granville Island, but it's, it is winding down. And, of course, um, I think a lot of people are, <laughs> are taking a break today from the uh, uh, high-energy vibe of the jazz festival and trying to make as many shows as possible and, and so on. I know a lot of people have just said, uh, no, um, I might go down to Granville Island, but uh, I think I'm kind of burned out. <laughs> and I can see why, because there was just so much going on at this year's Jazz Festival. And of course, as usual, Coastal Jazz and all the people involved, the volunteers, the staff, uh, the executive, uh, everybody deserves like a huge, huge um, vote of congratulations. Because as usual, it was a stupendous festival. And I hope that uh, if you attended any of the events that you enjoyed it. That being said, um, we're going to proceed with our music this evening. And I decided on this uh, Canada Day, well, we're going to be playing um, excerpts a little later on from Oscar Peterson's great Canadiana suite. Uh, I'm going to select about four, maybe five movements from that suite, and uh, we'll be hearing that a little later on in the show. We've got all kinds of things to play for you, but our jazz feature tonight that we always start the show off with, and of course, uh, I should introduce myself, those of you of, uh, if we haven't met before, my name's Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show, if you haven't figured that one out, and of course, we're broadcasting on CITR, FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. So, we're... Always start the show with our jazz feature. And this is a classic album which came out on Prestige Records. It's called Soul Junction. It's by pianist Red Garland, William Red Garland. He was born in Texas on May the 13th, 1923, and passed away. He was only 60 when he passed away, April 23rd, 1964. And he was one of the major piano stylist of the mid-50s until right up to his passing uh, at age 60, as I mentioned. Uh, he began to play with a variety of major musicians, including Charlie Parker, and uh, he toured with uh, the incredible trumpet player Hot Lips Page and many others. And also, uh, Red was uh, quite a good boxer in his day. And he even sparred with the great Sugar Ray Robinson. He didn't win the match, but the fact that he was ranked to fight him was, uh, was quite a, a step in uh, um, boxing status. Anyway, Red, of course, um, continued to play the piano. And it really wasn't until he was discovered by Miles Davis, that Red became known to the general jazz community because he joined Miles Davis's first great quintet. Red was um, Miles' look to Philly, drummer Philly Joe Jones 
uh, for advice on a lot of things. And Philly Joe uh, and Miles was saying, you know, I've got to find a piano player for the band. And Philly Joe said, well, there's a cat in Philadelphia. He's, he's from, originally from Texas. Um, and he can play. His name's Red Garland. And Miles auditioned Red, and he was the perfect pianist for the first great quintet. And, of course, the personnel of that first great quintet was none other than John Coltrane, Red Garland, bassist Paul Chambers, and drummer Philly Joe Jones. And Red, of course, uh, when he joined Miles, he was, he was um, a lot of the critics, they can be weird sometimes, and they, they dismissed Red as being kind of slick and superficial because he played with a very light touch, and he played very lyrical uh, lines, and uh, he really uh, exuded a, a kind of a, he wasn't dark at all in his music. He, he exuded kind of a, a happy, almost a dancing feeling in his playing. And, um, of course, he usually ended his solos with some uh, distinctive two-handed block chording. And the critics, first of all, kind of s dismissed him as, as being uh, jazz light, if you will. But they realized that there was a lot of depth in Red's playing, despite the kind of positive um, approach to music. And, of course, uh, um, he had that light touch, and that endeared him to Miles Davis. Miles did not like heavy-handed piano players. And uh, that's why, after Red, he chose Winton Kelly. And of course, he had Bill Evans, and then later on, Herbie Hancock. Um, Red Garland, of course, uh, really kind of set the mark. Red style, um, he, Red had his influences, uh, kind of a, a combination of some elements of Bud Powell and, uh, and also Errol Garner. And, but Red combined them in a unique style that was Red Garland. Now, Garland, along with Philly Joe Jones and, and uh, John Coltrane, uh, were eventually fired from Miles Quintet for... Um, tardiness, and in the uh, case of uh, Coltrane and Philly Joe Jones, heavy drug use. Coltrane cleaned up his act and joined Thelonious Monk to make musical history in 1957. Uh, Philly Joe became one of the most sought-after freelance drummers, played with everybody, and Garland um, occasionally played with Miles during 1957, but he wasn't in the regular band that Miles had together uh, during that. However, because of his association with Miles Davis, he made a whole series of beautiful albums for prestige records, mostly trio albums, and they sold extremely well. Red was one of the best-selling artists on the label, um, so... And, and there are scads of beautiful trio albums that uh, are worth looking for. Toward the fall of 1957, uh, Garland uh, lined up a series of gigs, and he decided to form a quintet with some of his favorite players. And he picked, first of all, John Coltrane, who had just left Thelonious Monk, and uh, he asked Coltrane to be part of the quintet, and Garland also liked a uh, young trumpet player from Detroit who 
really had come a long way since he first arrived in New York a couple of years earlier, trumpeter Donald Byrd. And uh, Donald Byrd was really playing well um, at the tail end of 1957. So Garland hired him. So that was the front line of the quintet. And he used a, a marvelous bass player that had just arrived in New York from Memphis by the name of George Joyner, and a really strong, solid bass player. George uh, later on uh, took the Muslim faith and uh, changed his name to Jamil Nasser. But uh, that was his birth name, George Joyner. On drums was the great New York drummer, Arthur Taylor. So that was the band. And not only did they play a bunch of gigs together, uh, they recorded a series of albums for Prestige. And Soul Junction, in my estimation, is one of the best albums uh, and that's the album of our jazz feature this evening. From this short-lived quintet, it wasn't long before Miles called again. Red uh, rejoined Miles, and so did John Coltrane. But this particular quintet was very distinctive, uh, even though it was short-lived, but at least it was documented. And uh, so that's what, we're, that's what we're going to hear. All of this was recorded uh, in November of 1957 for Prestige Records. So we have the leader, Red Garland on piano, John Coltrane on tenor saxophone, Donald Byrd on trumpet, uh, George Joyner, a.k.a. Jamil Nasser on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. Now, um, one of the reasons I picked this is, is that uh, it's a beautiful way, that, uh, at least the, the title track, which is a long, slow blues, is a perfect wind-down from the jazz festival and the long weekend, which is coming to a close. And it really is perfect music, and I think you'll agree. So that's the first tune. It's called Soul Junction. The rest of the tunes... And the premise of this band was not necessarily to play new material, but to play older material that the musicians were totally familiar with. And uh, they offered some fresh new uh, versions of uh, some great tunes. So Soul Junction is first, which is uh, what I just described. The second tune is a Dizzy Gillespie composition called Wouldn't You?, and tune number three is another Gillespie composition called Burke's Works. Burke's, of course, is uh, Dizzy Gillespie's middle name. So there you go, hence the title. Tune number four is a beautiful Duke Ellington ballad, and it shows off Donald Byrd's beautiful trumpet's uh, sound. And it's, it's a gorgeous rendition of a tune called I Got It Bad and That Ain't Good. And the final tune is a standard tune written by Vincent Humans and used by jazz musicians for a long time. The tune is called Hallelujah, and that ends the album. So, our jazz feature this evening, sit back, relax, and enjoy Soul Junction. Pianist Red Garland and company.
And that was our jazz feature album this evening. Pianist Red Garland, William Red Garland, a legend, came to fame, of course, with uh, Miles Davis's first great quintet. This recording was done in the latter part of 1957. Now, Garland... Um, continued to work with uh, Miles Davis, but not on a regular basis. Um, and he also uh, freelanced as uh, basically in a trio con context and recorded a whole slew of albums for uh, Prestige Records that are uh, just wonderful. They're, they're beautiful documents of piano trio music, usually with uh, Arthur Taylor and uh, Paul Chambers. And Toward the tail end of uh, 1957, in the fall of 1957, Garland got a whole series of gigs uh, around the New York area, and he decided to put together a quintet and picked out his favorite musicians. And one of them was tenor saxophonist John Coltrane, who we heard on this uh, album. Coltrane had just left Thelonious Monk, and, of course, he had grown so much as a musician in 1957 and, of course, uh, got rid of uh, a lot of bad habits that had been um, holding him back from being John Coltrane. And uh, that was all over with. And, of course, Coltrane was, uh, uh, at that time, by the end of 1957, was, along with Sonny Rollins, probably the most, uh, definitely the most prominent tenor saxophonist in jazz. And, of course... Coltrane became even more <laughs> John Coltrane as the years rolled by. And the other musician that uh, Red picked was a, a young trumpet player who had uh, been in New York for a couple of years and really developed. Uh, he had worked with Art Blakey and, and several other bands, but uh, by the time uh, 1957 rolled around. Donald Byrd was one of the most distinctive and lyrical and with such a beautiful sound on, uh, on the trumpet. Coltrane and Donald Byrd worked beautifully in this quintet. And a young bass player from Memphis, as I mentioned, his name was George Joyner. Uh, he later became known as Jamil Nasser because he converted to Islam and continued, of course, um, played many, many years with uh, pianist Ahmad Jamal. On drums, of course, was one of the most ubiquitous drummers on the scene, the great Arthur Taylor. So that was a perfect quintet. They played a lot of gigs, and the, the premise of the group was not to do new music but to do music that the band was familiar with and comfortable with and that they could uh, put together a whole playlist and, uh, and play all these wonderful gigs and, of course, make a whole series of albums, which they did for Prestige Records. And this, arguably, is the best of the bunch, and that's why it was tonight's jazz feature. The album was called Soul Junction, and, of course, Red Garland at the piano, John Coltrane, tenor saxophone, Donald Byrd, trumpet, George Joyner, a.k.a. Jamil Nasser on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. The uh, five tunes that we heard, we opened with the longest track and um, the title track. And, of course, it was a uh, blues 
and put together beautifully by Red Garland and displayed his uh, ability to, uh, to play a slow, sensuous blues. And he certainly did. Soul Junction was the first track. The second two tunes are by Dizzy Gillespie. And uh, tune number two was entitled Wooden You. And tune number three is Burke's Works, which is a minor key blues. Tune number four was written by Duke Ellington and Ben Webster called I've Got It Bad and That Ain't Good. And that was the ballad of the set and showing off Donald Byrd's beautiful trumpet sound. And the final tune, a very up-tempo version of Vincent Eumann's Hallelujah. And that uh, took us to the end of the jazz feature, and I certainly hope you enjoyed the music of the one and only pianist Red Garland. All of this was recorded at uh, Rudy Van Gelder's uh, uh, recording studio in Hackensack, New Jersey, November 15th, 1957, and definitely a classic album. Soul Junction. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR. My name is Gavin Walker, and uh, we'll be back after a couple of uh, important messages, including this one. Well, <laughs> including this one. Well, I thought we'd have a quick peek at the week's uh, weather, um, which is going to be a little changeable this week, but nothing nothing drastic. Uh, there's some increasing cloud tonight, and uh, the wise gurus at the weather office are calling for a 40% chance of a possible shower overnight with a low of 14. Then tomorrow is going to be cloudy with, uh, again, a 40% chance of a shower in the morning, and then it's going to be uh, clearing, drying, and a mix of sun and cloud in the afternoon with lows of 14, highs of 20. And Wednesday is a mix of sun and cloud with a low of 14, high of 23. Thursday and Friday, uh, they're calling for cloudy weather, but no precipitation in the forecast with lows of 15, highs of uh, 22 to 23. And then Saturday and Sunday, the weekend, uh, a mix of sun and cloud both days with a low of 15 and a high of 22. So, not too bad. And, uh, you know, we may get uh, a few raindrops here and there, but uh, nothing, uh, nothing serious. A low 
you know, we could use a couple of days of really heavy rain. But, uh, well, I guess we have to put that off for a little while. But we could use it, couldn't we? All right. Yes. You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and uh, of course you're listening to The Jazz Show. We're going to turn our attention now to a marvelous album. It was his second for Columbia Records back in the early 60s, and it featured a fairly large band. And I'm talking about um, an album called Mingus Dynasty. And wonderful cover on the album, too. Uh, Mingus looks like uh, very definitely someone from the uh, one of the great... Uh, Chinese dy- dynasties actually had uh, Mingus had some Chinese in his ancestry, and of course uh, the cover is quite something. Um, if you've ever ever seen it, you can check it out on the web. Uh, you can probably find the uh, album and find the album cover. We're going to hear some tracks from that album. Um, it was sort of an expanded version of um, Mingus's working quintet. Uh, he added some some more horns and uh, some more people to it. So uh, it's a bigger sound and uh, just uh, more happening. So we have um, people such as uh, Richard Williams on trumpet, uh, Jimmy Nepper on trombone, John Handy on alto saxophone, Booker Irvin on tenor saxophone, uh, Benny Golson is uh, adding his voice on tenor saxophone and Jerome Richardson on baritone saxophone. That's the horn section. On vibes, the wonderful Teddy Charles, who was our jazz feature artist uh, a few weeks ago, Roland Hanna on piano, and Charles Mingus, of course, on bass, and Danny Richmond on drums. We're going to hear a few tunes from this album. The first... uh, piece of music is called Slop, and uh, it's kind of a gospel-y thing, and, and the title comes from um, Ming- one of Mingus's most fav- uh, famous compositions was Better Get It In Your Soul. This is similar, uh, so but Mingus said it's a looser, sloppier approach, so that's, that's why the title came about. So that's what he called it, Slop. Anyway, it's a lot of fun to listen to and, uh, and is really a great piece of music. Um, tune number two is uh, a piece of music that he wrote for um, a movie score, and it's called Song with Orange. And uh, it features, well, some uh, great piano work by uh, Roland Hanna. And the final tune we're going to listen to is a piece which is really the piece de resistance on this album. And it is entitled Farwell's Mill Valley. And that title represents um, someone that Mingus was very close to. He was a poet. Uh, His name was Farwell Taylor, and he lived in Mill Valley, California. 
and Mingus used to uh, consult with him, and he, uh, he, he spent a lot of time with uh, Farwell Taylor, and uh, they inspired each other artistically. So that's why he titled the tune Farwell's Mill Valley. So we're going to hear these three tunes, Slop, Song with Orange, and Farwell's Mill Valley with this ensemble, the music of Charles Mingus.
They always challenged me. Music of Charles Mingus. And that's from his uh, second famous Columbia album called Mingus Dynasty. And it featured uh, Mingus's group, an expanded um, Charles Mingus, Mingus's jazz workshop uh, in those three pieces. And we heard Richard Williams on trumpet. Uh, if you heard a trombone, it was Jimmy Nepper. Um, John Handy soloed on alto saxophone. Booker Irvin soloed on tenor saxophone. And the um, extra musicians, uh, Benny Golson on tenor saxophone and Jerome Richardson on flute and baritone saxophone. And on vibes, if you heard vibes, it was Teddy Charles. On piano was the incredible Roland Hanna. Danny Richmond on drums and Charles Mingus on bass. And we heard three Mingus compositions. The first one uh, was kind of a gospel-flavored thing, sort of in the same mood as Better Get It In Your Soul and Wednesday Night Prayer Meeting. This one was called Slop. And um, tune number two was uh, actually written for, um, I said it was written for a movie. It was actually written for a TV play of some kind back in the late 50s. And um, Mingus wrote uh, the theme to this uh, play and called it Song with Orange. So that was tune number two. Tune number three was dedicated to his friend Farwell Taylor. And, of course, that was um, basically an orchestral piece. There were no specific solo artists in in that one. And uh, we heard Farwell's Mill Valley. And, of course, always innovative and challenging music from someone like Charles Mingus. And uh, all of this was recorded in November of 1959 for Columbia Records. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9. Or, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca for live streaming. And my name's Gavin Walker, and we'll be right back right after this. Forget the 4th of July. On the 6th of July, Catsalano Street Party returns to West 4th Avenue. This one's dedicated to all the nine-to-five, Join us on Saturday, July 6th, from Burrard to McDonald for a free day of music, food, beer gardens, and more. Featuring over 50 bands on seven stages, including Devours, BB, Hey Ocean, Tanya Aganaba, Little Destroyer, and Missy D. The Catsalano Street Party, Saturday, July 6th. For more information and the complete lineup, visit Catsalano.com. There is a penguin sliding on an iceberg, and then the fiery ice cracks, and the penguin sees Donald Trump and feels numb and dies. Donald Trump hops into a balloon and floats away. A child sees him and says, Look, something ugly is in a balloon. The end. Are you a kid with a story to tell? 
Want to learn how to make great radio? Then sign up for CITR's Kids Radio Camp. On-air training. Games. Field trips. And more. Happening this summer from July 15th to 19th. Kids aged 11 to 14 are welcome. To register, go to CITR.ca. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. We're going to pay tribute to our great country. Canada, and one of the most wonderful albums was Oscar Peterson and his trio doing his own Canadiana suite, and we're not going to listen to every movement on this, but I picked out four that um, really display not only Oscar Peterson's uh, piano playing, which of course is absolutely magnificent, um, but his compositional ability as well. Oscar uh, was born August 15th, 1925 in Montreal, and he was raised, um, his dad was um, um, a railway porter uh, which was uh, one of the good jobs at the time that, uh, that, that black people could, could get. And it was actually a, a very well-paid and uh, uh, interesting job. Worked on the trains. And, of course, the train stations um, were, a lot of them were located in um, the, the southwest part of Montreal, and uh, located in a district called Saint-Henri. And, um, of course, um, so many uh, members of the black community lived in uh, Saint-Henri or Saint-Henri, um, and Oscar Peterson was, uh, was raised there with, along with his sister Daisy and his brother, and uh, by his uh, uh, family, and of course, um, took to the piano. As a matter of fact, his sister was a very, very fine teacher, and she taught Oscar a lot of the basics uh, of uh, uh, piano playing. And of course, he, he just took it and ran with it, and very soon he was performing professionally and um, all that kind of stuff. But he was raised in, uh, as I said, uh, St. Henri. Uh, it's also known as Little Burgundy. And uh, it, it, there are still traces of that um, district in Montreal. And, of course, like a lot of the older districts, it's being gentrified and changed and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, he wrote, uh, so we're going to listen to the piece that's dedicated to that place uh, in Montreal where Oscar was raised. And uh, we're going to open the set with that, and it's called Place Saint-Henri. Then uh, tune number two is dedicated to the very fine city, well, where the Raptors basketball team is from, Toronto. And, of course, it's also known as Hogtown. <laughs> and 
so the second tune is called the Hogtown Blues, dedicated to the city of Toronto. And that was a city that Oscar eventually moved to. And um, after a, a long tenure in the United States, um, he was going to move back to Montreal, but there were certain political reasons why he decided not to, despite the fact that he loved his hometown. And um, his last residence uh, was the city of Toronto. Then we're going to uh, play another composition called March Past. And it sort of uh, depicts crossing the Rocky Mountains. And the final piece we're going to hear is dedicated to our province, British Columbia. And it's called The Land of the Misty Giants. So here then, Oscar Peterson at the piano, Ray Brown on bass, and Ed Thickpin on drums. And we open the set with, as I mentioned, Place Saint-Henri. Four movements from Oscar's Canadiana Suite, and I dedicate this to today, Canada's birthday. Thank you. 
We heard four movements from Oscar Peterson's famous Canadiana Suite, and I dedicated that to today, Canada's birthday. And we began, uh, the people involved, of course, was Oscar Peterson's famous trio with Ray Brown on bass and Ed Thigpen on drums. And... All four compositions, of course, were written by Oscar Peterson. The first one was dedicated to the place where he was raised in Montreal, and it was called Place Saint-Henri. And the second tune was dedicated to his final home, which was Toronto. And uh, that piece of music was called the Hogtown Blues. And then we heard... um, third piece called March Past, which uh, sort of depicted uh, crossing the Rocky Mountains, etc. And we move to the, um, the beautiful final piece, which was dedicated to the province of British Columbia. And that was called The Land of the Misty Giants. Oscar Peterson, four movements from his Canadiana Suite. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR. My name's Gavin Walker, and we broadcast FM 101.9 or, of course, uh, on the web, www.citr.ca for live streaming. just like to mention a couple of websites. Um, the music, of course, is uh, uh, the, the jazz festival is over. But the jazz music does not stop. And, of course, if you go on to coastaljazz.ca, there's a whole schedule of events, uh, not only concerts sponsored by the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, but the schedule at Frankie's Jazz Club, uh, which, of course, was the center of all kinds of activity during the jazz festival. There's a different vibe down there during the jazz festival. And, of course, there were featured acts, and then there was the late-night jam session. And, uh, of course, Frankie's is uh, still happening and still much um, going on down there. And, of course, you can find out the schedule if you go on to coastaljazz.ca. And Frankie's is programmed by Corey Weeds, who programmed a lot of shows this year, Uh, for the Jazz Festival. And of course, once again, speaking of the Jazz Festival, I'd like to uh, once again congratulate uh, Coastal Jazz, uh, the volunteers, the the paid staff, and the executives of Coastal Jazz uh, that brought a wonderful and very exciting festival to Vancouver this year, and I'm sure they're going to do it next year too. And uh, congratulations all around. Another fine website to get onto is uh, the website that Brian Nation um, 
who's an old friend of mine, administers, and that is VancouverJazz.com. And that's a very good website as well. There's all kinds of links on there, information, little articles, and even our jazz features are on there. Check out uh, Jazz on the Air, and you'll find out. All right. We are actually going to uh, be back right after these messages. Identity Fest is an all-ages, LGBTQ safe space music festival on July 6th. Doors at noon and first band plays at 1 p.m. Come show us your identity and celebrate Vancouver Pride with us. Everybody's favorite jewel punks, Necking, are releasing their debut album, Cut Your Teeth, on Mint Records. Come celebrate at the record release show with Necking and their pals, Pudding, Emily Toyota, and Bedwetters Anonymous. There are free toothbrushes for the first 50 people through the door. See you at the Red Gate on Friday, July 12th. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. We're going to play you... Uh Four tunes that are very difficult to find, rare. This is a band led by wonderful West Coast bassist by the name of Curtis Counts, and he did record for um, Contemporary Records, and of course his those albums are are gems, but he also recorded for a small. Um, label called Dutone, which was owned um, by African Americans, and it was out of uh, Los Angeles, and um, they actually um, put out a lot of comedy records like Red Fox and and so on and so forth, but they did record uh, a couple of very fine jazz albums, and this is from the Dutone catalog. And this is the Curtis Counts Quintet with the great Harold Land on tenor saxophone, uh, the wonderful Swedish trumpeter Rolf Erickson, and Frank Butler on drums, who Joe Jones said is the best drummer in the world, bar none. So Papa Joe Jones would say that about Frank Butler. You've got to know that he's a heavy. And on piano one of my all-time favorites, the legendary Elmo Hope. And we're going to hear some tunes by this band. The first tune is written, was written by a New York pianist by the name of Duke Jordan. 
and um, he called it Forecast. It also has another title called Foreplay, same, same tune, <laughs> whatever. Um, and the second tune is a Charlie Parker composition, always been a favorite of mine, called Chasing the Bird. And uh, then we're going to hear a tune written by the great Denzel Best, and that was one of the anthems of modern jazz. We're going to hear a tune called Move, and that has an incredible drum solo by Frank Butler. And you'll hear why Joe Jones said that Frank Butler was definitely the best drummer in the world. So there you go. And the final tune is a tune called Headgear. And um, it was written by pianist Elmo Hope. And it features Elmo um, in a trio setting with uh, Mr. Curtis Counts on bass and uh, Frank Butler on drums. So in other words, without the horns. So these uh, four tunes, and they are rare and difficult to find, so enjoy them right now. So we begin with, uh, once again, the, the personnel, the leader, Curtis Counts on bass, Harold Land on tenor saxophone, Rolf Erickson on trumpet, Elmo Hope on piano, and Frank Butler on drums. And we begin with Forecast.
we heard four very rare tracks from some West Coast musicians or that were based on the, in Los Angeles at the time. And uh, these were recorded in 1958 for Dutone Records, which was um, a small record label owned by uh, African Americans. And they did produce a couple of uh, very fine jazz albums. And these are uh, these four tunes that we heard were actually outtakes from uh, uh, an album which was issued without these tracks called Exploring the Future. And it was by the Curtis Counts Quintet. Curtis Counts was a very, very fine bass player um, who led the band and, of course, knew how to pick his musicians. And, of course, the great Harold Land on tenor saxophone, fine, fine Swedish trumpeter Rolf Erickson, pianist, genius, Elmo Hope, and a man that Papa Joe Jones called the greatest drummer in the world, Frank Butler. And that quintet, we heard them on three pieces. They opened with Duke Jordan's uh, great tune called Forecast, and then we followed that with Charlie Parker's Chasing the Bird, and then proving... um, Joe Jones' opinion about Frank Butler, we heard him really let loose on uh, a version of uh, a tune called Move, which was written by Denzel Best. And the final tune was called Headgear, and that was, uh, of course, just with the trio without the horns, Elmo Hope, Curtis Counts, and Frank Butler. There you be, and... uh, Four tracks from this legendary band led by bassist, late bassist Curtis Counts. We're going to change the pace a little bit now and feature more piano music, but this time by another great genius of the piano, Keith Jarrett. This is from a rather obscure Jarrett album. It's a solo piano album. And it was recorded in Tokyo back in 1987. The album was called Dark Intervals. And a lot of the pieces on this album are very, very somber. They're all solo pieces by Jarrett, as I mentioned. And, of course, um, all of these tunes are, are, are totally improvised. Miles Davis uh, once said about Keith and... Uh, in his raspy voice, that Keith Jarrett, he just, he's a genius, man. He just makes music up. Just, just like that. He's a genius. So that's my second best imitation of Miles Davis. <laughs> and, uh, um, he's right, because all of these pieces, um, are totally improvised. And, of course, they were given titles later to be programmed, of course, on on a recording. So we're going to hear three from this album called Dark Intervals. And the first one is almost like an anthem, and it's called Entrance. And the second piece uh, is called Parallels, which is almost Baroque 
in its um, nature. And the third piece is the most, uh, probably the most exciting of the three pieces called Fire Dance. So here then, three spontaneous improvisations by one of the geniuses of music, Mr. Keith Jarrett.
Three Improvisations by the one and only Keith Jarrett at the piano. And this is uh, from an album that came out, of course, on uh, ECM called Dark Intervals. And I played three movements for you. As I mentioned before, um, most of the improvisations on here are very um, somber. But uh, the three that we heard are, are, are very different uh, on this album. And uh, for me, they're the highlight of the album. We opened with, uh, and of course, there, they were improvisations. The titles um, were tacked on later um, for purposes of programming a compact disc or an album. So the first piece of music we heard was uh, called Entrance. The second piece of music was called Parallels. And the third piece of music, and the most exciting of the three, was the final piece called Fire Dance. The Genius of Keith Jarrett, recorded in Tokyo in 1987. We're going to continue with uh, a very beautiful version of Rodrigo's Concierto de Aranjuez. And um, this is played by the late, great Jim Hall on guitar with Chet Baker on trumpet, Paul Desmond on alto saxophone, Roland Hanna on piano, Ron Carter on bass, and Steve Gadd on drums. And this is an amazing version of the Concierto, and I certainly hope you enjoy Jim Hall's version of the Concierto de Aranuas. Thank you. 
the great guitarist Jim Hall leading a bunch of uh, stellar, legendary musicians on this session, recorded in 1975 from an album called Concierto. And we heard the Concierto de Aranjuez by Rodrigo as arranged and played by Jim Hall. Jim Hall on guitar, Chet Baker on trumpet, Paul Desmond on alto saxophone, Roland Hanna, Sir Roland Hanna on piano, Ron Carter on bass, and Steve Gadd on drums. And of course, um, this whole album is so beautiful uh, by Jim Hall. And uh, it was issued on the uh, CTI label. Concierto, and this was, of course, the um, the centerpiece of this album was uh, Hall's interpretation of Concierto de Aranjuez. Yes, beautiful piece of music. We're going to close the show with um, three pieces by one of the longest groups that remained together with the same personnel in jazz music. And that, of course, was the modern jazz quartet. John Lewis was the musical director and the pianist. Milt Jackson on vibes, the premier vibist. Percy Heath on bass and Connie Kay on drums. And this goes back to 1982 um, from an album called Together Again because they had been... uh, disbanded for a number of years and then came back together again until um, the quartet eventually ended with the, uh, with the deaths of uh, several musicians. And, but this was a very happy reunion at the Montreux Jazz Festival in Switzerland in July of 1982. So we're going to open with a Mill Jackson composition called Monterey Mist, and then we're going to hear uh, two encores that the band played, because this is the end of the concert. Um, Bag's New Groove, which is essentially the old Bag's Groove uh, by Mill Jackson, and the final tune, Wooden You, written by Dizzy Gillespie. So here then, the Modern Jazz Quartet, John Lewis at the piano, Milt Jackson on vibes, Percy Heath on bass, Connie Kay on drums.
the venerable modern jazz quartet, closing this Canada Day edition of The Jazz Show. That's from an album called Together Again, and they had uh, just gotten back together after a, a brief, well, a few years break from uh, performing together. And, of course, uh, the modern jazz quartet. John Lewis on piano, Milt Jackson on vibes, Percy Heath on bass, and Connie Kay on drums, recorded at the Montreux Jazz Festival in Montreux, Switzerland, in uh, July of 1982. And we heard Milt Jackson's Monterey Mist opened the set, and then Bag's New Groove, a.k.a. Bag's Groove by Milt Jackson, and the final tune, Wouldn't You, by Dizzy Gillespie. The Modern Jazz Quartet. We'd like to thank you very much for uh, tuning in this evening, and those of you that uh, listen to part of the show, great. Those of you that listen to all of the show, wonderful. And we'll be back next week. Uh, we do this every Monday from 9 until the wee small hours of the morning and play for you some of the very best in jazz music. My name's Gavin Walker. This has been the Canada Day edition of The Jazz Show. And as I said, we'll return in seven days' time. You are listening to CITR. FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Take care, and bye for now. Badu badi